Hi, and welcome to The Cosmic Pulse, sponsored by the International Academy of Astrology. This is Jen Ingress, your host. And today we are focused on the topic of astrological time twins. And I am joined by three lovely guests who are all time twins in the living flesh and blood, which how many situations can you share that you've been able to uh, meet and converse with three people who share the same birth date? This is time, uh, sorry, date, year, as well as quite close in proximity for time. At the moment, I am located in Toronto, and the Ascendant Rising is 29 Gemini, and Mars is also in Gemini. Um, the Sabian symbol for from Dr. Mark Edmund Jones at 29 Gemini reads the first mockingbird in spring. This is a symbol of the contribution of aesthetic experience to the strengthening of self at core. Given emphasis by the skill in imitation through which any vicarious participation in life is enhanced. Here, a person's aspiration becomes articulate far in advance of their self-refinement, and as a result, the promise is their given case may be manifest in achievements of which they would be quite incapable in normal course. At the least, they are called to attempt a self-revelation which will add real stature to their role in everyday living. The key word is quickening. And when positive, the degree is consistent stimulation to others in all human affairs, which is, and when negative, annoying self-assertiveness, which we're not going to have that today. But it's interesting because our topic of time twins and the connection with uh, the ascendant in Gemini as well as Mars in Gemini, and we have some other planets that are that have a duality. Um, maybe not twins like Gemini, but Sagittarius as well as Pisces, uh, the, the, these mutable signs. And before I introduce our guest, I want to just clearly define the difference between time twins or astrology, astrological twins versus date twins. So a, an astrological date twin is when you share the same birthday and year whereas when you get more specific close to with time which is usually within an hour or perhaps even closer then we call this astrological similarity time twins and of course a lot of us associate twins with the biological twins of you know fraternal twins or identical twins but Today, we are going to get a chance to learn more about our three time twin guests. Jody Forrest, who is a full-time professional astrologer and author, right now in Pacific time. And she is, has been, a, or is, a full-time professional astrologer of over 40 years, as well as author of the most recent solar arcs 
Direction from the Sun that was released this year, The Ascendant, published in 2007, The Book of Fate, a historical fantasy trilogy, The Rhymer and the Raven, published in 1995, as well as in co-authorship of Stephen Forrest, Sky Mates in the 80s, in 2002, Sky Mates to the Composite Chart, as well as she was the editor for um, Under One Sky, and she is also an instructor at the International Academy of Astrology and former education director. And we are joined by her time twin, Nicholas Greer, who is a mundane astrologer as well as law professor and writer located in GMT time and works at the, uh, teaches at the university in, um, in Edinburgh. And then also, last but not least, uh, welcome Fiona, who is an, uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, evolutionary astrologer and has been exploring the, her development of consciousness over her, her life. And she is in Australia, Eastern Standard Time. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So we are joined here basically spanning across um, the very early time zone, like 10 hours ahead of GMT. Then we have GMT and then we have five hours and then about eight hours behind GMT. So thank you so much for joining us and being here today. It has been a bit of a Jenga puzzle to coordinate all these different time zones with all our uh, schedules. So this is really uh, a, a special um, event to have everybody here together. So welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And it is a bit late for Nicholas. All right. Don't worry. So thank you. So I wanted to start with um, a first question. Um, and I just want to make this as comfortable and um, free flowing. Um, and I know some of uh, Jody and Nicholas, you have uh, quite a um, long um, camaraderie. Um, and I believe, Nicholas, this is the second time you have actually um, visually connected with Fiona through Zoom. And and I just want to, we're just really curious about how all of this came to be uh, with this, your time twin uh, trio. And I understand that you have, um, you know, some small anecdotes about other time twin stories. But if we could start maybe each of you telling us a bit about yourself, as well as your astrology, maybe how you came to astrology, uh, built a practice and the type of astrology you practice. And then we can lead into how that led to um, connecting with each other, your your time twin. Who do you want to start first? It's, um, I'll start. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm Jody Forrest. I've been, well, May of 23. I've had a full-time astrological practice for 40 years. I started reading astrology books when I was eight years old, and I just 
kept reading them. I'm not really sure why, but it's, it's been a lifelong interest. Um, I have kind of a, a general practice. I'm a general practitioner. I do birth charts and current events readings and synastry and relocation and orrery and electional. And I rectify birth times and I write and I teach. <laughs> so I've, I stay pretty busy. Um, in my spare time, I like to write fiction. And uh, if I'm not writing something, I uh, also paint and fiddle about with music. Um, I am currently living in Southern California. So it's amazing that you have as a hobby um, writing like trilogy series. I mean, that just is indicative of the kind of um, mental and cerebral um, tendencies and affinities that you have. You know, some people just like to veg on the couch. So it's 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 fascinating. <laughs> Go ahead, Nicholas. No, I, I don't think our Capricorn moon let us veg. <laughs> Say again, Nicholas. Jody doesn't know how to veg. <laughs> oh, I think Jody I know how to veg. does not know how to veg. But I've got so many projects I that so. I, I don't tell them do it. <laughs> yeah. I think we all work pretty hard. Mm. And, and Nicholas, are you so. speaking on behalf of Jody as well as yourself? Certainly am. I'm very keen to speak on other people's behalf, irrespective of their intentions. <laughs> um, Jody and I uh, managed to get to know each other some years ago because I very politely discovered that she was uh, showing up on the internet as being born on the same day as I. So I wrote her um, a little email and she was absolutely astonished to get this rather British email. And she obviously laughed at it first, as I would have done in her position. And um, But we, we then got in touch with each other and discovered how much we had in common. And indeed, Jodie and I have a lot in common. We've been in great friends and very dear friends for many years now. I think you would agree, Jodie. And um, I, like her, was interested in astrology from a very early age. I remember looking at a children's book about the star signs and reading about the zodiac at the age of seven or something like that. And thinking, oh gosh, isn't that interesting? And I didn't really do very much about it until uh, university. And then I thought, mm, this is something. And uh, since then I've taken a great interest, but I realized fairly early on that unlike Jody, I didn't have the skill, the mathematical ability, the dedication, or the ability to cope with um, people to the same extent that I wish to make it a profession. And uh, without wishing, I mean, Jody clearly made uh, a sensible living out of it, but I didn't think I was likely in my particular domestic environment to make a living that would be sufficient to bring up you know, children and send them to nice schools and, and so on. So I thought this is probably not for me. So I became a lawyer instead. And kept up the astrology in my free time. And while I did practice professionally for a little, I realized it was not for me. I found that my skills were not best of, uh, at their best in dealing with difficult people whose problems I was unlikely to be able to re uh, resolve. 
And I thought, well, there is much to be learned from astrology, but I think I'm not really someone who's designed or put on this earth to deal with people's problems. So I become more interested in the practical sides of it and how it works in mundane astrology and horary astrology, political astrology, and just the day-to-day -day living of how astrology affects all our day-to-day -day experiences, which they do. I mean, you have only watched to only to watch the the planets pass our um, uh, our, uh, our charts to see how things happen, and then very annoyingly, quite often you think you something terrible happens to you and you can't find any astrological indicator whatsoever for it, which is infuriating, but that is part, of course, of the charm of astrology. There is always something to learn and there are more things that we shall be learning long after we are long gone. That was quite a long and eloquent paragraph. I think it's time to shut up now. It's, it's, it's funny because I hear that Capricornian theme about, like, feeling in your early um, astrology professional practice, feeling unable to solve people's problems. And I feel like that's a very Capricornian May or may not be. Place. I think it was more practicality. Yes. A, a realization of my abilities. And uh, it's always good to know what you can do and what you can't do. And it's best to stick to what you can do. And, and, and I'm just curious before we get to um, hearing Fiona, when you did practice law, did you, you know, as a, not as part of your law practice, but did you, were you in, were you, had you explored horary to, you know, elect a chart to see, you know, how will this oh, yes. case go and, yeah. you know, the judge and that kind of. Absolutely. Yes, I used to, before we would set up some sort of corporate deal, I would um, do the chart of the, of the moment that I was asked, could you start drafting the documentation for this? And so I would draw up the chart, and if it had a, a moon void, of course, I would know that it was not going to go anywhere, or if there were the, the, um, the planet on the ascendant was retrograde, you knew there were going to be difficulties. It was quite canny. It was quite a useful thing to be able to, to do. Um, so I quietly used it and I kept, obviously, my views to myself, but it was quite uh, handy. And um, yeah, and I still do it now. I mean, I can quite often set up the chart. I mean, we, it, the great thing about astrology is it's incredibly practical. There's no point in having all this wonderful wealth of knowledge if you don't use it on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you were setting up a business, would you set up a business with the a planet on the ascendant in in retrograde would you set it up with a moon in, in void of course of course not you would make sure that the, the moon was going to apply to venus or jupiter or the midheaven or something like that and it's uh, it's all quite practical i suppose uh, having as we all do three planets in earth it um, sorry at least two planets in earth it makes us quite conscious of the the need to have astrology grounded in the day-to-day -day reality of, of ordinary living I love it. How, how am I doing with the perfect sentences, Jodie? Are they coming out eloquently? Are you asking? You for are sending a, erudite, and it's all flowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, Jody and I I'm are also enjoying the RT. Lot, you know. <laughs> and and I feel so privileged. <laughs> well, thank you to, so much. I feel so privileged to to <laughs> to 
kind of join in and be witness to this wonderful dynamic. It's it's really lovely. And and Fiona, can you tell us a little bit about your background and astrology and and how you enjoy teasing your time twins? Maybe particularly Nicholas. <laughs> Yes, um, I came, my first introduction to astrology was in 1992 when I'd been transported to a place just north of Brisbane which had a much more alternative vibe from the vibe we'd been living with in Brisbane City for many years. I was with um, an ex-husband who we were together for 16 years. We'd had two beautiful children and we wanted a different lifestyle for all of us. So we decided to sell up in Brisbane and move to a small seven-acre property just an hour and a half north in the country. With that, the whole area was totally different. It opened up innumerable opportunities to look at life differently through a different lens and I'd obviously been seeking this, but I hadn't found it. And it was like a clear line in the sand between before this time and after this time. I've had a few clear lines in the sand in my life. Um, this one, coming to Mulaney, um, introduced me to buried emotions that uh, I didn't even acknowledge that I'd really had. And I joined a couple of women's groups and I... Um, was attracted to things like astrology. I read the local newspaper that had a little article and that sort of tweaked something deep inside. And by 1992, I was ready to kind of figure out what it meant and why and how he could see things about me that I didn't know about myself. So from that moment in 19, early 1992, something was stimulated where I thought, how can he know these things about me? I didn't tell him. I've, I've not shared anything really. Um, and so that started that, that quest to understand more about astrology. And my journey with astrology for the most part to start with was my own. I, through the seat of my pants or on the by the seat of my pants, found my way to different um, books and different people and different um, perceptions and understanding. Uh, I had no formal training until I think it was 2007 was my first year at the Stephen Forrest Apprenticeship Program in Newcastle. It was Steve's first year in Australia. And my partner, Jeff, uh, with that um, exposed to that alternative lifestyle my marriage was a casualty because it was time and so not long after that Jeff and I who had been friends for a number of years started a relationship which hopefully will endure for my life and his and we attended Steve's program the first program in Newcastle and we ended up going back for five years and that was the only actual more formal um training that I ever had, but it allowed me to find a way to bridge my evolving spiritual philosophy of life with and through the astrological symbols. And so I feel blessed to have not only been part of that, but I feel blessed to Steve for opening that way. From 2007 till 12, we were 11 or 12, we were there. And in that time, I 
met up with Jodie, who I was also aware was my time twin, because the first year we were at Steve, somehow, I can't exactly remember how we got there, but somehow um, we were talking with Steve after class one day and he said something about my wife has a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction and I said, oh, I have a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. He said, she's an Aquarian. And I said, oh, I'm an Aquarian. And he said, she's born in February 1956. And I said, oh, I'm born in February 1956. She's born the 8th of February. And I said, oh, so am I. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> with that, I said to Steve, do you think Freddie would mind if I contacted her? And he said, I don't think so. I'll ask her if you like. Anyway, that's where we first made that connection and I came into it very much looking to Jody for, you're wonderful, you know all about this stuff and I don't know it yet, but apparently we're born on the same day. Anyway, our, our exchanges happened then and during that time I had some mentoring with Jody where I shoved a whole heap of charts under her nose from memory and and asked her to deliver perceptions of each of those charts. I can honestly say, though, that that was a turning point in my understanding because it really cemented for me through the charts of people I knew intimately and well that her perceptions actually had keys to um, these people that I knew that were absolutely spot on. And so... Evolutionary astrology had triggered something and after that five years with Steve, I just kept studying, kept seeking, kept looking for understanding, kept looking for integration until the place now where my work has taken me um, to working more with younger people um, and basically what, what it seems to be heading in the direction of is just returning them to their own knowing. A lot of these younger people have quite, quite remarkable understanding of how they want life to pan out. They have visions. Uh, what they're wanting is their visions to happen tomorrow rather than the long haul of one steady foot in front of the other. And so my exchanges and interactions with a lot of these young people seems to be to just reassure them that, you know, what they feel for the future is definitely possible, but only if they build that future rather than expect that future to be delivered to them tomorrow. And so it's a very, very rewarding and satisfying exchange that I'm developing. And it's not something I sought to do. It's something that has been guided and just has evolved um, through my own uncovering of myself at a core level. And so astrology is a part of my every single day. I, I did think about questioning whether to call myself an evolutionary astrologer because that has kind of been aligned with a certain um, type of astrology, perhaps more particularly in America than, than here. But then I do believe in the evolution of the soul. So um, it is kind of evolutionary astrology with its own particular flavour as it develops. And so basically that's where I'm up to and I work much, much more strongly with um, an intuitive feeling of what the symbols are taking me to and trying to help me help the client through uncovering what it is they're dealing with, what it is they're looking for, and more and more that seems to be growing more strongly 
within me as I gain confidence with it. You know, it's I get more and more chances to work with it and feel the rewards of um, feedback from these young people who really are quite, quite, quite special. And I often think, you know, if I'd had that sort of guidance at their age, would it have taken me this long to get, you know, where I've managed to get to it nearly 67 years old. So that's about it. That's It's part of my everyday in and out breath. And I would perhaps like to call myself um, an astrologer more, with more, uh, it's a hard one to, to put it into words, but it is to return people to their inner soul and to live a soul existence as an integrated human life rather than many of us keep our spirituality a separate part of ourselves. Um, whereas if we can integrate, you know, our spiritual philosophy of life and actually live it, then astrology takes us to a higher dimension of understanding of the possibility of what that can look like. And we humans have have been given too much limitation in terms of our possibilities, like the great Nelson Mandela speech that, you know, we're not afraid of our great. We are afraid of our greatness. You know, we we are afraid of how magnificent we can be, and we live from behind all these um, judgments and and conditionings that we've been given and that we've willingly inherited. And I'm about you know trying to help break those social mores so that we can all develop as truly individual beings in the brightest and lightest expression of possibility. It's beautiful. That's all. It's it's fascinating to to hear your take uh, and your what you gravitate and the types of astrology each of you practice. You're listening to The Cosmic Pulse from the International Academy of Astrology. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ed Perone. I'm the video archivist for the International Academy of Astrology, and I'd like to invite you to try our new video streaming service, Astrology Flicks. Astrology Flicks is like Netflix for astrology. Subscribers receive full access to a curated library of astrology lectures, workshops, mini-courses, and other material from some of the leading astrological minds of our time. Watch videos from Robert Hand, Rick Levine, Robert Schmidt, Samuel F. Reynolds, Donna Van Toen, Joni Petrie, Nicholas Campion, and many, many more. We're adding new videos twice a month, so you'll always find something new and stimulating. Check us out at astrologyflix.com. And the next question I want to ask, and I'm just going to frame it connecting it to long lost or separated actual twins. More recently on the 34th season of Amazing Race features two uh, 
two twin identical sisters who were born in South Korea and were separated at birth and reunited a year ago when they were both 36. And they actually joined the amazing race, not to win the a million dollars, but to actually spend time with each other. And interestingly, each were adopted to the United States, each to a Jewish family. So they were each uh, raised um, in with Jewish culture, although one of them is a single mom and the other one was uh, very athletic growing up or did dance. And then there was this other story, a uh, true life um, story published um, by Helen Edwards and Jenny Lee Smith uh, titled My Secret Sister about uh, these uh, twin sisters who were separated in post-war Northern England where one remained with the mother and, uh, and um, immediate family like aunts and uncles and grandmother while the other one was raised as an only child and later became a pro golf pro golfer in in England and and that it was through some kind of seeking of the other I can't remember exactly the story but that they not only one of them realized not only was it a long lost sister but more shockingly that it was their identical twin. I mean, can you imagine like realizing that suddenly you've got this identical twin? But I mean, as I ask you that question, it's like, well, maybe you could possibly imagine because here you are uh, connected to uh, another entity, another human being um, with different life circumstances who you did not grow up with. Um, born and raised in completely different geographical uh, uh, locations, but having such similar charts and being astrologers. So what was that like to connect with each other initially? You know, when Nicholas, like how long ago was it that you, you came across Jody's birth data and, and what prompted you to out to her and could you share some other stories or information that you came across about other possible date twins or maybe time twins? Well, um, we had not yet turned 50. So that would date it when, when Nicholas got in touch with me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, One of the I, things that Go on, Judy. Go on. Go on Judy. Uh, something that struck both of us um, was we were both in our separate but uh, concurrent difficult relationships from the age 16 to age 22. And those relationships started on the very same weekend on our respective sides of the Atlantic. And they were important but problematic relationships to both of us. Um, then the, the, the G-Wow factors would be, uh, I emailed Nicholas complaining that I had been aroused by a smoke alarm where I was staying and a smoke alarm had gone off in the property he owned at about the same time. And we each found mice in one of our houses on the same day. But 
how how our charts are enough alike that uh, mice and smoke alarms would occur at the same time is uh, it's a mystery. Maybe some things that are fated to happen aren't necessarily uh, you know headline news or they aren't that important. Um, it was it was still just remarkable. And I was actually going to ask you two what November has been like for you. It's been a, a difficult, very up and down month for me for various reasons. And I don't know if we want to answer that now or get on to that later. Um, Nicholas and Fiona, I kind of leaped in to answer Jan's last question, so I should be quiet now and let you guys answer. <laughs> um, I uh, I've I've done quite a lot of research into people who were born on the same day of us. As, as you can imagine, there are millions of people who are born on the same day of us. And I can see from the newspapers and from the internet um, various others who have had professional lives, interesting professional lives. And I've come across quite, I haven't met them. I've obviously only met the three of us and, and come across one to others. But there is a wide range of people born on the same day. And... I would say that there are one or two things that they seem to have in common. Uh, articulacy would definitely be one of them. Uh, another one would be uh, accuracy in language, which I suppose is connected with. Quite common is musicality. Uh, athleticism is common in a lot of them. A lot of sports people born in, uh, on the same day. And um, professional success has been quite common with a few of them. For example, the chairman of the BBC, which is the British Broadcasting Corporation, is, was born on the same day as the three of us, and his twin sister, who is on the Court of Appeal in England. There is also a, there is a New Zealand judge who was born on the same There was a New Zealand judge who was born on the same day. There are various politicians in France. There's an actress in, in um, Sweden. There are all sorts of people. And um, there's a bass, a music, a bass um, player in some band. There's another astrologer whom J Jody knows. Um, and there is a murderer. No, I haven't actually murdered anyone so far in my career, but I'm certainly working on it. Um, but uh, the murderer was a Native American who had been adopted by a Quaker family and had been brought up with great kindness uh, by them, and uh, he was very fond of them. But he had too much to drink or had something wrong with him one day. I don't know what was wrong, but he murdered the, one of the members of the family and, of course, had to be sent to prison as a result. But he uh, admitted his guilt and his fam the family who had brought him up realized that this was an unnatural and un not a normal thing that he would have done. And they asked that he should be given the most lenient possible sentence, which is remarkably forgiving of him. And as far as I know, they, they, they you know, bore with him. So there's a wide range of people all exhibiting the various points within our charts. Jody and I happen to have charts that are very similar. We are only are a few degrees distant in our ascendance, not to mention the degrees, well, our, our moon degrees are slightly further apart. 
Um, but it is surprising the number of things that we have in common. We both had fathers whom we loved, but were, dare I say, it, slightly disappointing as they grew older. Would that be a kind way of putting it, Jody? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we both had uh, difficulties with mothers who did their best, but perhaps were not as warm and as kind as one might hope a mother might be. My, my mother had mental health difficulties. Jody's, uh, Jody's mother had, an awful, had a lot of young women to look after and, um, and I hadn't liked to inquire, but I think life was fairly difficult, shall we say, one way or the other. And even Fiona's mother mentioned, oh, from what Fiona has told me, that her mother was not wholly easy to manage. She, she always liked to get the last word and was a, a, a bit demanding in different respects. So we all, I'm trying to be very careful and tactful. Um, so we have between us a number of um, similarities. And I, I'd love one day to speak to all the other people born on the same day that I've been mentioning. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if like Jody and we, we had common difficult relationships between the age of 17 and whatever it was, 20, 22 or so. 16 to and 20. we had slightly similar experiences with our, our parents. Thank you. It's, it's- um, I'll Stop now, Jennifer, it's okay. <laughs> it's interesting that you mention these other different individuals same birthday, particularly the head of the BBC, who himself has a, a twin. Yes. Is very cool. Um, but from the uh, personology book that was uh, authored by Gary Goldschneider and uh, Ju Juiced Elfers, um, this book came out, this series of books, I think it originally was published in 1994, and it's quite a large volume, um, The Secret Language of Birthdays, and it combines, um, you know, not just astrology, but also other metaphysical aspects like the tarot, um, as well as numerology. But of the other individuals or well-known individuals born on February the 8th, and it is titled The Day of Precognition. Emanuel Swedenborg, who, is a, who was a Swedish scientist, a mining expert, after vision at age 55, lived their last 28 years as a mystic and clairvoyant. Jules Verne, who was a French novelist and fantasy fantasy um, author, you know, with time travel and I think, was it time travel around the world in, around the world in the world, the days? And 80 days? Well, there yes. are lots of people who are born on the same day as us, inevitably, just because lots of interesting people were born on the same day. I'm not sure is, is actually a, a specific indication of the uh, abilities, I, uh, because let's face it, uh, many people were born on February the 8th throughout the centuries, but what is more specifically interesting, I think, if I may say so, is the fact that we were all born in the same year with a relatively close number of planets in exactly the same degrees and the moon more or less in the same degrees, which cannot be said of any of the others. 
which leads me to suspect rather witheringly that whatever may have been the condition with many of the pe previous people on, born on the, uh, February the 8th, it is not necessarily very conclusive evidence of very much. Yes, I, I appreciate that very logical and uh, that logical rationale, which is the whole point of this topic is that we there's time twins and that I, I you you were uh, generous to share. I, I have your your charts and your both you and your moon and Jody's moon are in the seventh house, though they're not at the exact same degree. However, Nicholas and Fiona both have moon at the same degree, although different houses. And like you had said, that you and Jody have a pretty similar ascendant pretty much to the degree the minutes aren't the same but fiona um is her her ascendant is not in the same sign but it's still a water sign which i think is kind of mm -hmm. interesting and the other question i had was on the initial meeting how, how did how do you approach a time twin on the first interaction? I mean, how how open or how much do you share? Like how how what was that initial interaction between you and Jody and then maybe you and Fiona and <clears throat> Jody and Fiona? And it, it makes me think of this well-known um story. I think it's um 84 Charing Cross Road by Helen Honf, which is an old short little book that basically is written or told through a series of letter correspondence between, I believe, an American and a, a British uh, citizen and their friendship that evolves over letter writing because back then they didn't have email and just their love of books. So when you first compose that email, I mean, do you still have that email? Like, how was it? Was it, you know, um, was it just like a short few lines, and or or did you offer any personal details, or how quickly did those things about more personal life circumstances or experience, like when did that start? Well, Jody's on the phone, so I'll, I'll, at the moment, so I'll speak. For her, I sent her a very polite email, and uh, she um, responded to it. And we gradually warmed to each other over the course of time. I'm terribly sorry to say, Fiona, I don't immediately recall how I got in touch with you, but I'm sure it was through Jody who must must have put us in touch. And again, we started to get in touch. We also have another time twin who lives in Canada. And uh, she builds um, eco houses on the west coast of Canada and has the most glorious lifestyle, as far as I can see. And uh, Jodie would absolutely love it because it's incredibly healthy and, and vital. And uh, no cats, I'm afraid, Jodie, as far as I know, but she has <laughs> bears coming into the garden and, and it, just, it just looks idyllic. Um, and 
So we have been in touch along with another lady in Canada um, as well, who's uh, perhaps uh, uh, more interested in more esoteric parts of uh, astrology. Um, we all are on a, a sort of group chat from time to time, and we've all got to know each other, I would say, you know, perhaps we don't reveal everything that is too personal because we're not like that. We've got Capricorn moons, but uh, nevertheless, we've we have exchanged a certain amount of of uh, affection and uh, interest in each other's activities, which I think has been most interesting and, uh, and agreeable. And we're all, I think, we get on remarkably well, all things considered. I hope that answers your question, Jennifer. Well, I would agree um, with that. I feel really understood by both of you and by a time twin I knew when I was an undergraduate. Um, but it's, it's definitely, I know you guys the best of all of our time twins, but I've, I've bumped into them over the years and the experience of getting to know both of you better and feeling how little I have to explain myself and how well I'm understood has been wonderful um, and fascinating. Good. Both. Mm. Um, and I would, I would have to add that too. That's right. in our different ways. Um, uh, Fiona is much more interested in the metaphysical aspects of life, which frankly are not my strong point, but that doesn't mean that I can't respect and admire them, even if they're not something I can immediately relate to. And I'm sure she appreciates my more, more brutal and day-to-day -day pragmatic approach to life, but we can, we can understand each other's different approaches, I think with, with skill and contentment. How, how much do hmm. you consult each other? Uh, the Where this is coming from is, you know, as an astrologer, of course, we want to know about, well, I'm assuming because that's what I want to do is I also want to know about my chart or, you know, forecasts for myself coming up. And I'm assuming that you each would do that for yourselves. And I'm wondering how much of that is, do you do together or share that with each other having such similar charts? Like, did you talk about, you know, right now the, the nodes are in fixed signs and um, so you both have sun in, in the fixed sign. And so how much do you, think of each other in the back of your mind, you know, as you're living your life and knowing that somebody else that you know has, you know, knowing that somebody else with a similar chart is out there in, on earth living life as well. Like how much of that pops in your consciousness as you live your own life? Um. Daily for me. I'd say daily. I don't always get in touch every day, but I certainly think about you two every day. Yeah, and I would agree. Frequently, we we fire off little emails at each other. How did you? How are you doing with the Saturn transit? Or what kind of weekend did you have? Or yeah. 
I just came down with X. Are you healthy? So we're, we compare notes like that a lot. Yeah. We do that, that a lot, the three of us. Yeah. Even silly things like not feeling very well or having a bad day or something. So, yeah, we do it a lot. I think also because we're getting on a bit, we're, we're possibly less worried about the major things in life. Like, am I going to meet a nice boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever? You know, <laughs> thank God we don't have to the same extent <laughs> in the way that adolescents do. But that doesn't preclude us from thinking about some of the day-to-day -day anxieties that we all, of course, have in our professional and other lives otherwise. Yeah, I, I want to So yes, ask... we do consult each other a lot. That's good. I, I, I'm curious as well. I, I'm not sure, Fiona, if you grew up with siblings. I know, Jody, you you have siblings. And I'm, I think, Nicholas, I'm not sure if you, you're an only, you were raised as an only child or if you have siblings. But compared, compared to that sibling relationship and, you know, I know there's a danger in comparing. You're not really supposed to compare. But comparing that your relationship with each other as time twins do you feel like Jody said you feel this closeness or a sense of feeling understood do you feel like there's a sense that you know do you feel like you're in a sense your own you know for chosen formed family in a way and it's a it's a like a mature family it's not yeah. like your sibling relationships come fraught with challenge and mm. they're not always easy. And, and you've, you're in line. You're, I'm the second child of four. I have an older sister, a younger sister and a younger brother. Um, and we still have family dynamics that are unresolved, you know, that, that sometimes they come up, sometimes it gets dealt with, sometimes it gets shoved aside. My mother at 96 and a half isn't very, she's failing for health. And one day she's just, her greatest wish is that she'll wake up dead. And so she's going to wake up dead before tomorrow. <laughs> and of course that's going to bring to the forefront of, of our lives that we've lost both our parents and how I guess that deals with every other time of grief we've ever dealt with in our lives or not. And if we haven't dealt with it, then, you know, the proverbial, Shite hits the fan. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm not sure whether <laughs> that'll have to be edited out. But, it's fine. Um, we speak American <laughs> and Canadian over here. <laughs> okay. they won't, we won't, they won't know what that means. It's worse across the pond. It's nothing <laughs> but profanities. <laughs> well, you certainly trust family dynamics to bring that up. But if I you know, view our time twins relationship, we've come into it with a more mature approach and a greater respect for each other. I, I feel that we've earned the emotional trust over time through our handling of each other in perhaps certain situations that, that um, have reassured all of us that we are capable of supporting and nurturing each other in the way that we kind of understand things from a different perspective. And that is that, you know, we all have a similar dynamic. We work through the archetypes that are the same, but how we handle them. Sometimes we can be clear reflections. Sometimes we can see things that maybe our time twin can't. And if we do that skillfully, it can be helpful. But 
I think we've come into it more mature as adults rather than the sibling relationship is definitely undealt with Mm -hmm. Um, issues within the family do keep coming back up again because that's the nature of the way families work. It, it seems to me like a very unique and special relationship that you have all each sought out to develop. I mean, all relationships require some time and effort to nurture and grow. But to me, it seems like like a best friend, but a best friend doesn't always understand your experiences either. So it's almost like maybe the best of both worlds, you know, like the Venn diagram with the three circles and then the Mm -hmm. two overlap all in the center that you have, um, you know, time siblings or time twins, that somebody who has a similar lived chart experience, but also differences. And it leaves me to wrap up to maybe ask you, and in a way, maybe you've already answered it. Um, you know, how has connecting with a time twin impacted or influenced your view on astrology of fate or free will and maybe your astrological practice? I think Jody's place. Well, all of the similarities are really interesting. Um, among my time twins and me. But what I think is even more interesting are the differences. Um, Nicholas and I have very similar charts. We have the same degree, different minutes, the same sign rising. A couple of house placements are different. Fiona's chart, again, has a water ascendant, different one. And there is so much that comes to us out of our experience and our background and the kind of parenting we got and the era and the country we were born in, the body we were born in. And I still don't know how many of those differences are accounted for by the various life differences I summed up, by minute differences in the birth chart. But my favorite way to think about it is that we were asked relatively similar questions to answer over the course of our lifetimes. Our charts are asking us certain questions and our charts symbolize a need for certain experiences. But we've gone about answering those questions uh, similarly in some ways and in very different ways in others. Mm, that's right. So the similarities illustrate um, fate, but the differences illustrate free will is how I like to think about it. Good answer. Um, I made rather different life choices than Nicholas. And I think that was just my own psyche. It wasn't anything else but my choice. We made different choices. Just because your charts are very similar doesn't mean we will always make the same choices. Mm. Good answer, Jodie. I can't, one can't better than that, do better than that, yeah. Thank you. This, this... <clears throat> Sorry? What do you think? Uh, I what agree. do you think, I think, I think it is about the choices we make. Um, I guess I 
think about life in terms of we're all here somewhere between maybe one and five thousand lifetimes and mm -hmm. so i i often view that our choices are around where where we're up to on that spectrum as well if we've learned all about you know family in a prior time then family may not be on the forefront of our needs this time to learn about if on the other hand we've we haven't had great interaction with family and we've sort of, you know, come along um, thinking that life's cushy, then we might have some challenges around family to kind of give us a, a deeper, wider, um, more holistic understanding of not just relationship but the whole dynamic of, of family. So um, I do actually bring into that I believe it's where we're up to in terms of our evolution as well. Uh, keeping in mind, of course, that one day, one lifetime, perhaps we will arrive and life may continue on another planet. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what sustains my philosophy and I have no rush to get there. And, you know, the constant is to deal with what's before you on the ground on any given day and to do it as well as you possibly can. And the reason for that, of course, is to become a better person at the end of this lifetime. So instead of, you know, dreaming to be something else, to actually live this lifetime as consciously and as mindfully as we possibly can. And that requires, you know, our inner barometer to be healthy, um, which means we need to take on board what's ours and what's not. And to see what's ours and what's not and to be kind to people and all of those things. That's all part of the inner barometer. And I believe we feed our core self through those choices. And we actually, you know, the more we get that right, the better we feel about ourselves, the better we feel about life on earth and the better we feel about other people. So that's what actually feeds and fuels my existence, really. Hmm, that's all. Lovely. I, I like how you mentioned that idea of living on other planets because I <laughs> recently watched and then uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Ancient Apocalypse and it's by it's a it's nonfiction. It's a exploration by a journalist. I believe he's British, Graham Hancock, who has been basically uh -huh. ridiculed over the decades by scientists and calling him a pseudoscientist where he states on the show that that's as accurate as calling a dolphin a fish. It's so funny how he responds. But basically, if looking at different ancient architectures, including in, in Asia, I can't remember which country, if it was Vietnam, sorry, Vietnam. And it's this um not a pyramid like in, in Egypt, but it is a tiered leveling uh structure, <clears throat> as well as in Mexico, similarly. Um, they all have these similarities to other pyramids all over a spring. But the the premise is that ages ago you know, way past what archaeologists and historians date as, you know, the beginning of 
the human race kind of thing. It's way beyond 5,000 years ago, you know, 20,000 years ago, or, or even further back, that there was this, you know, he claims as this evolved or higher evolved species, and that something happened. Um, and you know, he doesn't say it, but I inferred, oh, we must be like, like our species are the result of the dumb ones. I think they, 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 they levitated and they left because there was some big meteor or cosmological impact on earth. And there's, you know, certain evidence of, um, like, I think it's called the Scablands in, in the United States, but of this, this, uh, aggressive impact uh, on on the land um, that you know it 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 just opens more questions. So as you were sharing, it made me think of you know with certain lines of astrology that you know I believe in reincarnation and that we can uh, look at the nodes or even the Pluto opposition point. And it just makes me wonder what about, you know, how does the soul and reincarnation tie into time twins? You know, what, what does that mean that, that each of your souls selected the same astrological sign degrees pretty much, but chose a different, earth plane or earth a uh, spatial plane to to reincarnate it's it's i wonder you know and then and then change. meet and then actually meet each other actually get to know each other yes you know it's not like jody lives in america nicholas lives in scotland i live in australia and yet we have connected so is it mm -hmm. as aquarians we've needed to just accept, support, encourage our Aquarianness just by having this interaction? Just because, you know, it's widely understood that Aquarians often walk a different path from a lot of other people and are often misunderstood or misinterpreted. So perhaps you know, could this be about just that acceptance of each other in our Aquarianness? Jody? Um. I felt a whole lot of mutual support, and I really appreciate that. I think the connection has helped me understand myself as well as you do better. And I'm a Buddhist, so I believe in reincarnation. So I assume when there's a deep connection, there may very well have been one before. But um, I'm not wise enough to know what the connection was um i'm enjoying mm. the one in the present and <laughs> it teaches nice. me a lot because you you Same were point. in this sort of constant meditation how much of me is astrology and how much of me is not mm. um how different would i have been if i had been born in a male body in scotland mm. how different would nicholas have been if he had been born in a female body in virginia i mean the, the philosophical questions about nature versus nurture that it raises are really fascinating. And same with Fiona. Um, the similarities among our parents, um, our early lives, uh, are 
really striking in a lot of cases. And I'm not sure everybody who was born on our same birthday has karma with one another, but the fact that we three have connected makes me, makes me think that there are, there are good reasons for it. Yes. Particularly since it's been beneficial for us, certainly yes. for me. I'm, yes. And now for me and <laughs> our listeners, yeah, and good. just another question as, you know, we're meeting and it, I realize that we are, you know, there's a common, a more common or more similarities in, in the, the cultures of our respective countries being, you know, Anglophone, um, you know, and what about somebody with a time twin from a very different culture, like in China or, you know, speaking a completely different language? And Nicholas, you shared that you came across, I'm not sure if it was one of your time twins or a time twin who recounted that they had met their time twin and they just felt bored because it was like another <laughs> version of themselves. <laughs> Maybe. Yes, yes. I mentioned it. it was a... a Danish astrologer whom I met a few times and uh, he did uh, he knew someone from Copenhagen somehow he bumped into him and they got talking they were born on the same day and they used to go out and have a drink together and so on and meet up from time to time but they both agreed that they were so similar and they look quite similar and they behave quite similarly that actually there wasn't quite enough spark to make life, um, you know, they, they said no hard feelings, but the, the way it just sort of wasn't wasn't a, a great evening out. Having said that, I have come across, and I expect Jody has come across uh, time twins who've uh, married each other, um, which is is pretty unusual. But I guess they must have found a way that they just sort of found whatever was appropriate in each other. So it, I think all you can say is it takes all sorts that we can't make any de definite decisions about. Uh, uh, all these these things are there will be people in all sorts of different cultures who must have had similar and perhaps different experiences. But I would like to think that many of them would have had a degree of similarity um, with us. And I think many of them would show the points that I've been making about articulacy and musicality and um, and uh, carefulness. With but I think that uh, I, we would all agree that the time trends we've come across all seem to share. So we shall, we'll just have to keep exploring and see how many more people we meet in the course of our lifetimes. And uh, after all, we're getting on a bit. We may not have very many more years to find them out, well, but let's, let's have fun in the process doing so. And I think that is such a unique <laughs> and special experience. And this, this podcast and this meeting was inspired by Jody's article on Time Twins, uh, where uh, it was published in the British AA journal. Um, and in Jordy's article, some books uh, that she references and explores um, the idea of astrology and fate and free will uh, is Astrology Time Twins by Robertson Greengrass. And they touch upon um, Gokulin's uh, work and they talk about some of their work with time twins as well as the original edition of the case for astrology um, by West and Toon. And 
you know, I'm going to just conclude that, you know, in your article, Jody, you talk about how um, with those two resources, I believe it's the astrology time twins that they kind of imply a, a rating frequency with time twins um, in sharing profession or interests, psychological aspects, physical appearances, as well as like you've shared um, between yourselves, common dates, even time, sometimes within the hour of significant life events, but as well as like with the mice and the fire alarms, um, less significant events. And the skeptic could say, well, it's just coincidence. But then when you read more about the different time twin cases where, yes, you know, having mice on one day, how many people across the world could possibly find mice in their house on the same day? But then when you combine them all together, you know, where you have this one, like a set of women who meet in a hospital because they're about to give birth and they're the same name. They have like the husband that they married on the same day you know, they're going to name their daughters the same name and, and then their husbands have the same car and then it kind of goes on and on and on. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is very, very cool and uncanny. Yeah, there's a, a, there has been a lot of study on time twins, particularly time twins who are separated. And there's, big, there's a great deal of scholarship on this. And... While it's not wholly conclusive, it doesn't mean just because you've got a time twin that you're going to be identical. It is, there is a surprising number of people who were separated at birth who have remarkably similar characteristics. And mm. um, if that applies to biological time twins, there's no reason to suggest that it might not to some extent apply to um, non-biological twins. Um, one of the most famous examples was one of the the, uh, the uh, kings of England who happened, and uh, it's infuriates me, I can't remember, but I think it was William IV, who happened to be born in London, and he had various characteristics, but he was born at the same time as a, a chap who became a butcher, uh, who also worked in London, and the two of them looked very, very similar throughout their lives. They died on the same day. They had fairly similar lives in, uh, in many respects, apart from their different social status. And one was a king and the other was butcher. But it was even noticed at the same time how remarkably similar they were. And um, perhaps I should dig this out, but it is fairly well documented, and I'm sure there must be uh, other ones that would be well worth uh, following up in, in any future discussion of this particular topic. Yes, uh, there, there's one, George III of England and a Samuel Hemming, uh, born June the 4th. That's probably the one I'm talking about, yes. Eight, and, so. uh, and yes, they were married on the same day, September the 8th, 1761. And they had the same number mm. of kids of each gender. Yeah, and, that's the one I was referring to. I got the details wrong, but well done. You found it. And, and then there was another, uh, a king in Italy, uh, king, uh, Umberto I, and a restaurateur. And they met and realized they had the same birth information. And they had wives of the same name, the same, they each had a son by the same name, Vittorio. And they shared an important date as well in their life when 
the king ascended to the throne. Um, the restaurateur opened the restaurant, but and then they both shared, um, I think, uh, interest in in hunting. And the restaurateur was going to be in a shooting competition where the king was going to give out the prizes for that. And unfortunately, while cleaning the gun, the restaurant killed restaurant tour killed himself and the king went to try to go see him and on the way he was assassinated and unfortunately shot well that, yeah that's, that's a great story wow i hadn't heard that story that's a very good one did you know that one jody i didn't yeah it's, it's umberto i think the first of italy it's in the case for astrology yeah and it stuck in my that's head a great story the detail and, and just for the listeners, in case you're interested, there is a second edition, but it is only uh, with John Anthony West, and that's the copy I have. But the original version is with Tune and West, and I mm -hmm. think that's where those mm -hmm. stories are, not in the updated version. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much to each of you for all your time in trying to coordinate our, you know, end-to-end, -end, spanning end-to-end -end across the globe of time zones. And so thank you very much with gratitude for the time in emails and, and being open with your stories and, and being part of our second podcast for the Capricorn Ingress. And thank you. To thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen, for inviting oh, us. Happy to help. Lovely. Oh, this, this was, this was an, you, absolutely, an absolute pleasure. And I'm surprised there isn't as much done or in the astrological realm necessarily of time twins, but I could be wrong. A lot more could Maybe be to done. start. There's more to be done. Definitely. More will yeah. be revealed, as they say. Indeed. Indeed. So for listeners, if you're interested in Jody's article, it was published in the British Astrology Journal. And you can maybe contact, can we con people contact you? It was on your website before. Yeah, it's on my website, Jody Forrest Astrology. And, and Fiona, do you have a website or an email that listeners can reach out to you? For um, my email is heartandsoulastrology at gmail.com. Not and in the middle, just the letter N. So heartandsoulastrology at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. and, and Nicholas, do you have an astrological contact if anybody no, wants but... to get a horary or... I can't imagine why anyone would want to get in touch with me, but if they do, they can get in touch with Jody and she'll she'll deal with it. So so modest. <laughs> she'll screen them for me. So humble and modest. <laughs> Jody's Jody is my minder. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I thought you were mine. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's minding Fiona. How did she get away with that? I don't know. She's in the mountains. Complete chancer. It's because she's from Australia, you know, convict stock. I look, you know. at, <laughs> I look at life from upside down. That's right. Oh. That's how I do it. Yes, exactly. I love that song. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thank you, you, everyone. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Thank you very much, Jen. If I... You've been listening to the Cosmic Pulse from the International Academy of Astrology. New episodes are released at the solstices and equinoxes. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at astrologyflix.com. See you next time. Hello, I'm Ina Stanley. I'm the founder of the International Academy of Astrology, and I'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast, The Cosmic Pulse. If you'd like to find out more about our certification program in astrology or all of our other activities, please visit our website at astrocollege.org.